Welcome to the Gaining Momentum Podcast with your hosts, Abby and Megan. This is the podcast where we try our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now. Welcome back to another episode of Gaining Momentum. Abby here with my buddy, confidant, life partner, friend, <laughs> wow. Megan. How you doing? I'm good. And I'm like so much better now that I've had that intro. <laughs> right back at you, pal. I'm so happy to see your face as always. I know. Me too. Meg, what's this episode about? So today's episode is about cooking with kids. Uh, we can't wait for you to hear our conversation with Heather Wishstaller, a trained culinary professional and expert in cooking with kids. Enjoy. Welcome back, Gaining Momentum community. We have a very special guest with us today. We're really excited to introduce everyone to Heather Wishstaller. Heather is a professional chef and kids cooking expert. Not only does she help families uh, learn how to include kids in the kitchen, but she's also helping parents to get kids eating healthy foods in really creative ways. She's the author of an amazing cookbook called Little Helper's Toddler Cookbook. With all that going on, Heather also is a parent of two young kids. And through her Happy Kids Kitchen, she's created a community who actively engages with her through cooking classes and her online work. You can check out her amazing and ever-popular Instagram account at heather.happykidskitchen. Welcome, Heather. Uh, thanks so much for chatting with us today. We're so excited to have you. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, my favorite thing to talk about is food and cooking and kids all together. So I uh, can't wait to chat with you guys. We're so happy to have you. As I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, I am a frequent user of Little Helper's Toddler Cookbook. It was given to our family as a Christmas present, and I didn't realize at the time that it would just become a regular part of our routine. So we are so excited that you're here. Oh, that makes me so happy. You know, you never know when you're writing a book and thinking about the recipes to go in it, how it will affect people. So it's so exciting to hear that you use it. Food is such a fundamental part of life, obviously. And also there's so many important like cultural intersections with food in our daily life as well. So we were really excited to have someone with your expertise to help share with our community. We're always sort of excited about people's origin stories and how they got to the place that they are um, doing the work that they are doing, especially um, women and mothers who we think are really inspiring, which I think you would qualify as. Thank you. We want to just give you a little bit of space right off the top to talk about the origin story of Happy Kids Kitchen. Yeah, thank you. So first off, I have listened to many of your guys' podcasts, and I think it's amazing that you dive into so many tricky subjects that are so in the forefront of our minds these days as mothers raising kids in a world that is so complicated. So thank you so much off the bat for doing that work and putting that work out there in the world. And yeah, I, I think food is kind of a lens which uh, we can see so many um, different things in our world. And I'd love to talk more about that after I kind of, I guess, give you a little bit of my story. <laughs> sure. um, so yeah, I guess it starts where everything starts in our childhood, what we kind of gravitate to towards mm -hmm. as kids, which I find so fascinating. I was a very shy, um, introverted little girl, and I wasn't good at a lot of things that other kids my age were good at, like sports. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. I was very shy in school. So I didn't really shine in that way. But I loved cooking and being in the kitchen. And I found my voice there in a way um, mm -hmm. through serving others, the things I was making and gained so much, cre uh, gained a creative outlet and confidence. And um, that's where I guess it all started. My mom is not a cook funny enough. She can't stand <laughs> cooking, but my dad, uh, which is so always so funny for people to learn. My dad was a really big foodie and introduced us to so many different foods of different cultures. We went, you know, when it wasn't like 
very popular when we were young to eat at Thai restaurants and all that Mm -hmm. sushi and everything. And my dad really made an effort to take us to all those different restaurants. And there was always a cooking show on (laughs) or cooking magazines around. And funny enough, I have um, two brothers and two sisters, and we all kind of found our way to the cooking industry at some point in our lives. That's fascinating. So thank you, dad, if you're listening. And so I kind of always had that in the back of my mind as a major passion. Mm -hmm. And but I did go to college, I got my bachelor's degree in something extremely random (laughs) that I don't need to talk about. But um, I did get I was gonna ask you what it was, but I I see your boundary. (laughs) Uh, No, I'll tell you it was Asian studies. Oh, cool. Well, I guess that actually makes a little bit of sense. I know. I'm like, that's not that random. No, it's kind of connects to food. And I guess not because I, um, I studied abroad in Sri Lanka. Oh, amazing. And it was an amazing experience. So difficult in so many ways, but also mm-hmm. informed a lot of the, I just love Asian food and Asian culture, yeah. but I got a minor in uh, education and I've always loved ah. being with kids and being around kids. And cool. I thought maybe I would teach elementary school, but then my senior mm-hmm. year of college, my younger brother went to culinary school Ooh. and I was so jealous, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I have to do this before it's too late. So mm-hmm. I um, enrolled after graduating, I moved to Boston and I enrolled in um, mm-hmm. the Cambridge School of Culinary Arts in Cambridge and did their chef's program, um, professional chef's program for a year. And it was amazing. I just ate it up like with a spoon. <laughs> Figuratively and literally. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just the, everything was amazing about it. And um, I kind of did, I worked in some kitchens afterwards, but I remember writing my um, application for uh, the cooking school and I wrote about wanting to teach kids Mm. to cook. And um, it took me a little while to get there. I did some odd pastry jobs and um, catering jobs here and there. Mm. Um, But I found a recreational cooking school and I worked there, ended up working there for 10 years. Mm. I taught kids everywhere from ages three to 16, 17, did camps, Mm -hmm. did workshops and, um, really had so much wonderful experience with kids. So even before uh, having my own kids, I was teaching um, toddlers to cook (laughs) and people think I'm crazy for doing that. I was just just... thinking that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're glad you did because people are like, who in your who in their right mind would sign up to teach toddlers? To <laughs> but you know, everyone's got their thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I taught there, and then after I moved a little bit farther away from the city, after having, I think when my older son Jack was about eight months old, we moved. So I was it was I was doing this hour commute to this cooking school, mm-hmm. and I still really liked it, but I also want to you know that pull of motherhood oh, you yeah. want to work but you want to be mm-hmm. with your kids I know every mom yep. can relate to that <laughs> so I ended up kind of starting my Instagram page when I had my second son mm-hmm. he must have been still a baby no I started it so he was like one mm-hmm. and I started I don't even know where this idea came from I think maybe it was from following other food bloggers mm-hmm. or mom sharing kind of what they were feeding their kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember I took some photographs when we were at the um, farmer's market. Mm-hmm. So I took mm-hmm. both boys to the farmer's market and I was taking pictures of them, like holding the vegetables. And then I, we came home with some and I was share, I was taking pictures of what we were making with them. And I was like, I feel like maybe other parents could benefit from this. So I started my Instagram page and then it kind of I found this amazing community of other moms sharing and other um, parents sharing what they were feeding their kids and the struggles of feeding kids, the ups and downs Mm -hmm. and the Mm in-betweens. And 
yeah, that's kind of how it all started. <laughs> that's an incredible story. Yeah. I, what is it like to look at, cause I know you have a substantial following on your Instagram. What is that like for you as you started to see that rapidly expand or was it rapid or was it gradual? Like, what did that look like? And how did that feel for you? It it's just blows my mind still every day. Um, it's really complicated to be in this world where you're looking at numbers mm-hmm. all the time and, I have to constantly remind myself, like, these are people, like, people watching my stories and caring what I say is, like, blows my mind every day. I literally, I literally, like, scroll through my Instagram stories, reading people's names, and I tear up, like, every single, (laughs) Uh every single time I do, because, yeah. It just means so much that people, like, care enough to listen to what I have to say. That's powerful. Yeah, I it's um so I just want to start out by saying how much I appreciate my community and um mm-hmm. um I'm a bit of a crier, sorry. <laughs> no worries. Uh, okay. So are we. Yeah. You are among friends. Um, I was like, oh, I'm probably I'll just get it I'm out probably there. gonna cry. Anyways, um it started out really slow and I, I like to remind people that are starting out on a project or I honestly had no idea where it was going to go, but I look back at the pictures cause it's all still there. You can scroll back. A fo- mm-hmm. I think it's, it'll be uh, four years this summer. So um, you scroll back and you look and it's just, they're terrible photos. They're <laughs> 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 but you know, that was, that was my life back then. And I've, I've, um, I, it, it grows slowly and I've had so many wonderful opportunities come from it. And, um, yeah, I, I honestly don't really know how it happened. As soon as I, I hit around like six to 800 followers, someone asked, I think it was like one of my husband's friends. He had, he started following me and he was like, how many followers do you have now? And I was like, I don't know, I think like 650 and we were all like, whoa, that's so many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's all relative. There's some people with a million. Uh, I started out with yeah. a couple like Instagram mama friends and some of them have a million followers now and some of them, you know, are all in between and everywhere. And, you know, that I just, it, it doesn't matter to me the number as long as I help like one, mm-hmm. one mom or one person out there with what I say or what I show or anything. That's, that's all that really matters to me. Yeah. I like want to put up my head right now and be like, I'm that one oh, person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Number two. I cannot plug your, your toddler cookbook enough just oh, because so like we're making something from it at least once a week at this point. Like just yesterday we made the broccoli cheddar cornmeal muffins. Oh yeah. And Ooh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. They're good. They are good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It, yeah. And so, um, Megan, yeah. didn't your son have a question kind of having to do with Heather's origin story? My nine-year-old, his question, because he loves to cook. He's like a very precocious nine-year-old and yeah. loves, um, you know, diverse food. And oh, now I will say that my four-year-old is very different. Like that's been an interesting challenge. Yeah. My kids are extremely different too. Yeah. Yeah. Like my nine-year-old was like an infant and a kid that you could put anything in front of and he would experience it and talk about it and lo- like just a foodie from the start. And I would credit my partner with that because like your dad, my husband is like our primary foodie. Uh, but my nine-year-old it's, and his question for you, how did you know, like he wanted to know, how did you know when you were a kid that you were good at cooking? Hmm, that's a good question. How did I know it? I don't, I think the positive feedback from other people where, I mean, you know, your parents, um, (laughs) you know, when you do an art project, they're always like, oh, it's amazing. But, you know, like, uh, (laughs) um, I think mostly just my own love of it and the own love of the creative pursuit of, I remember getting out the Bisquick pancake mix when I was a kid and thinking, how can I make this better? 
and I would see what I could add to it. I oh, my secret ingredient. I'll let you yeah, know. Nice. Yes, was a dash of orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Who actually knows if that would taste good right oh, now? But nice. I would add a little brighten cinnamon, it up a little bit. A little orange juice, <laughs> and I was just always really interested in how to improve. Yeah to keep changing, keep innovating. Oh, and yeah, I think that's kind that's of amazing. Even as a little kid, hey? Yeah, I don't know where it came from. But <laughs> I think that was like kind of my uh, little science experiment slash artistic side coming out. And um, I just that's all I wanted to watch when I was a kid was cooking shows. So cool. And, um, you know, I think people can come to cooking at any point in their lives. I always say it's never too early or too late to start, honestly. But for me, it was just something that was always a part of my life. I have a quick follow up to that. How old were you when you were making the pancakes? Because I want to know when can I expect my child to be able to make me pancakes on his own? (laughs) As soon as you have them practice over and over again. (laughs) I, I must have been like seven or eight I think I started making my own scrambled eggs my mom being that she hated cooking would push the stool up Mm -hmm. to the stove and teach me how to make scrambled eggs because she didn't want to do it (laughs) so that's where it all started was from necessity of her not wanting to cook (laughs) but it's different for every kid honestly some kids come much more naturally to the responsibility that comes with dealing with the dangers of the natural dangers of the kitchen. Um, And some kids need a little more time. Um, The kids that are naturally more interested, like you said, like your nine-year-old is naturally much more Megan um, interested in the kitchen. Um, They're much more likely to put in the effort to learning how to, you know, deal with the stove and um, flip the pancakes, which is a very tricky um, maneuver to do for a kid. So I always say, um, you know, those kind of even like spreading some peanut butter, butter on toast Mm -hmm. is a really good precursor to all those fine motor skills that we need to flip pancakes and all of that. um, Spreading is really hard for young kids. You think Um, it just comes so naturally for us adults, but doing it together, even having your child hold your hand while you're spreading is a really good way to kind of uh, mimic that motion for them. And even at the stove, holding the uh, spatula together and getting the feeling for that motion. All those Mm -hmm. kinds of things are great ways to work up for them to be more independent. Nice. I like that. I like the idea, Meg. I think you also said you did it while Heather was speaking, the hand over hand. Because then it's really like you're doing it together and kind of literally guiding them. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Anytime you can do hand over hand, although toddlers very much (laughs) want their independence and will say, no, I do it. I do it on my own. (laughs) I was like, Megan, did she just directly quote your kid? Yeah, everything possible. (laughs) I'm big boy. I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) So it depends on the child and how much they'll let you help, but... I always try to explain it. You know how we take turns in a game or we take turns on doing things, mommy, and you have to take turns with the cooking or, you know, or it's not Mm, as fun for me. So make it fun for mommy too. And then, nice, I like that. You know, if you give them that kind of perspective, if they learn that in other ways, they'll learn that in the kitchen too. I've seen that you do some clots classes with kids on knife skills, um, which I think I will be registering my nine-year-old for because he's very um, eager to become proficient with large knives, um, which is just like the, one of the most like, like unnerving things to watch is a kid work with like a chef's knife, um, is hand over hand, like a good place to start with that too. Just sort of with like getting your hand involved with theirs or is that, is there a risk in that? I'm just wondering about where to start with that. I, yeah, I don't so much suggest hand over hand for knife skills. I suggest starting with a child safe knife. Yeah. I have a whole blog post about the knives that I suggest um, starting out with. I think, yeah, doing, being able to practice on their own with a safe knife is probably a lot more safe um, being able to practice the motions than doing a hand over hand situation with the knives. Although sort of for like other Mm -hmm. skills, like 
like the rocking motion that you need to like mince some garlic or something mm -hmm. that kind of feeling I think is a good place to do hand over hand but the general skill of like sawing and slicing and stuff like that I think it's best for them to practice on their own with a safe knife all right good to know I remember when we realized that uh, my child was ready for a kid safe knife. Yeah. So we were sitting eating dinner and he was just staring at my knife, like staring at it. And then he just turns to me and goes, mom, I like your knife. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he either wants to start cooking or we might be in a horror movie. I'm not yeah. sure which way it's going to go. <laughs> Please give me the knife. <laughs> Can I have that? <laughs> so we're like, let's get him some kid friendly. Let's get him some kid friendly. Yeah, so <laughs> like, you can have mine because this could end terribly for everyone, but we will get you someone's appropriate for your age. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And they feel so, you know, kids just want to feel independent and like, you know, like they're doing stuff on their own. So getting mm -hmm. them their own anything in the kitchen or at the table is just does wonders for their confidence and their ability to use bigger knives or <laughs> scarier <laughs> I want to return to your um your toddler cookbook for a minute mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by the idea of making a cookbook can you mm -hmm. walk us through what that process was like like how do you pick the recipes how do you decide what to include yeah so my um cookbook story is a little different from a lot of people's um the publisher is uh does is a little different from a traditional publisher. So they kind of research heavily the market and what people are searching for. And then mm. they find an author to kind of fill this gap. So they came oh, to me. Yeah, it's very different. Um, there were a lot of pluses and minuses to this, but I'll just, <laughs> uh, you know, focus on the positive for now. Um, <laughs> I was approached through Instagram um, mm -hmm. by this publisher. And I was so excited because I have a, a giant cookbook collection. Like I'm a serious mm -hmm. cookbook nerd. I have been collecting <laughs> them since I was, you know, very little. I remember my first cookbook <laughs> and um, I have shelves and shelves of them. So I was just thrilled to, just to be able to do it in any way possible. So they kind of gave me a rough idea of what they were looking for, but all the recipes were my own. And most of them actually came from classes I had taught um, or recipes I had shared on Instagram. I'd say 90, 80 to 90% of them were recipes I had done before with kind of mm -hmm. tweaked tweaks to them um, or just revisions for what they were looking for. So yeah, that's where most of the recipes came from was class. I used to teach, actually one of my favorite things to do was teach in preschool classrooms. Mm. So a lot of my recipes came from recipes that we would make, what I would make in the schools with the kids. So I kind of cool. had many little testers out there telling me what they liked <laughs> and what they no didn't kidding. like. <laughs> and they are very okay with letting you know. They are great <laughs> self-advocates. Oh yeah. I love it. As soon as I, as soon as I, that's one of a pre toddlers and preschools, one of their favorite things to do is tell you if they don't like something or if they do <laughs> like something. I bring out an ingredient. I'd be like, don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd, I'd be like, here's a tomato. Oh, I love tomatoes. I hate tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes. I'd be like, oh, that's good. <laughs> Are there any recipes that you kind of wish had made the cut or you're holding for a new book? Oh, good question. No, I'm very just like kind of organic with the way I come up with recipes. Most of my recipes come from stuff I have around yeah. that I need to use up. <laughs> yes. um, and I'm like, how can I get my mm -hmm. kids to eat this? And um, so that's where most of my recipes come from. A lot of them come from um, I, I get a lot of inspiration from children's books. Cool. Ooh. So stories that I want to illustrate. Um, I love rainbow, like themes, like rainbow themes. I love making rain, like, mm -hmm. cause, cause kids really are attracted to 
a concept that they are familiar with, like colors. So sometimes I'll make a recipe that's all red mm. and kids get really excited by that or trying to use all the colors in the rainbow. Um, so yeah, most of my recipes just kind of come from either organically or trying to come up with a concept to make get kids excited about a certain food. Yeah. So when you're, I mean, that just kind of makes me think about a question that we had for you you're talking about ways of getting kids excited about things that you're making. And also, you know, you have pantry stuff or fridge stuff that needs to get used and you not sure. And I'm thinking about my mm -hmm. four-year-old now who will reject my, our, uh, our proposal, but I'd love for you to expand on tips and tricks for kids that are picky eaters. Like some of the tricks that um, our listeners mm -hmm. can yeah. start incorporating into their life to get kids eating, um, the foods that we want them to eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this is something that all parents struggle with. And it's something mm -hmm. that I really want to help people with because actually I forgot to mention like really my, my origin story also for my business mm -hmm. has a lot to do with my older son who was very difficult to feed when we were starting on our like yeah. Post weaning journey of baby food and all of that. And <laughs> I was, as a chef, I was so excited to feed my kid. You have no idea. Yeah. What a rebellion. Yeah. I was like pumped to make him yeah. homemade baby food and he threw it back in my face literally. <laughs> he screams. I think he just was not a fan of food. He just was really scared by yeah. it. Um, and that's, I've learned through um, many of the pediatric dietitians that I follow mm -hmm. on Instagram and have learned, gained so much knowledge from. So my first tip is um, seek out some professional advice mm -hmm. from those pediatric dietitians. They are amazing, great knowledge. But since I'm not trained in diet dietetics, I like to take the, my culinary perspective on picky eating, which is have fun with food. Yeah. That's basically the bottom line. Um, kids like to have fun. And the more we add pressure and, you know, I got into that whole spiral myself feeding my older son that just didn't like to eat, I would feel so much stress about mm -hmm. it all the time, which made it even worse. I mean, it's hard not to, honestly, mm -hmm. we just, as moms, I think we're just biologically wired to want to feed our kids, mm -hmm. you know? So first I had to, I'm sure there are many situations out there, but for me, I just felt like such a failure and yeah. I want to, I, my, uh, I started my Instagram page just to share that kind of journey that we were going on and my own kind of process through taking a step back and um, acknowledging that it was, it was hard mm -hmm. and it wasn't my fault and it wasn't his fault. It was just his own nature. And I kind of started making it fun for both of us by taking him in the kitchen. He's, he is not, a, even now he doesn't love to cook, but he loves being creative with food. Mm -hmm. So getting him to decorate the top of his yogurt with fruit or giving him a choice of toppings. So all those things are any way to let kids customize their food is one of my biggest tips for picky eating. Mm -hmm. um, you have to kind of figure out what your own child gravitates towards. Are they more of a, my younger son loves any kind of sensory play. Mm -hmm. So he loves getting messy. And so we do a lot of the things that involve getting our hands messy in the kitchen together. Whereas my older son, just like I mentioned, loves the creative aspect of cooking. So he's more of like the garnisher. I love to teach the kids the word garnish, which is a chef word mm -hmm. um, about putting a little bit of extra flair on your food towards the end. So any kind of toppings or I have a free ebook called Easy Snacktivities. It's just Ooh. right on my website homepage. Anyone can go and grab it. And it has um, eight interactive, healthy snack ideas that kids can um, help out make and most of it is all about the interactive aspects of putting toppings on and kind of having that creative outlet with food that I really think helps um, picky eaters gain confidence with the food that they're being served. Thanks. 
That's such a brilliant idea. Like, you know, it comes to mind for me, you know, it seems that kids love like a taco night or they love um, like a make your own pizza. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so it's, it's good to have some other ideas outside of those two really basic ideas of like self-construction and having autonomy in terms of what goes in. Yeah. And I think parents see that as like, oh, it's so much work to, you know, but it can be as simple as putting one of the snacks I have is putting a banana on a stick, letting kids spread peanut butter or whatever spread they like on it. And then sprinkling on Mm -hmm. anything could be sprinkles, could be crushed nuts. It could be freeze dried fruit that you crush up and that action of just like being able Mm -hmm. to top their own banana, you know, really gets them (laughs) so excited. And that's all we really want is our kids to be like excited about the food and, well, that makes me think of Arrested Development. There's always money in the banana, banana stand. stand. <laughs> <laughs> My child, actually, this might work here. He had a question for you as well, Heather. So you're talking about cooking yeah. with your kids and doing garnishes and stuff. My child wanted to know, mm-hmm. well, first he wanted me to say, all of the food is very good. That was his direct quote. <laughs> Thank you. And then he, his question is, what do your kids like to cook from the cookbook? Oh, good question, buddy. Let's see. <laughs> Yeah, good question. We love one of the dinners that we love to make together is like the uh, roasted tofu. Like, uh, well, I think in the book it's roasted shrimp sushi bowls, but my kids love rice. So anything that they can put on top of rice, we do like roasted tofu a lot. Mm -hmm. My um, younger son, Henry, is my little chef. You might see him on my Instagram page. He Mm -hmm. likes to be on camera and he likes to be (laughs) in the kitchen. So he's the talent for me. Yeah. um, The other one's a little more behind the scenes. (laughs) He loves to cut up the tofu for roasted Mm -hmm. tofu and see what else. Any dessert, obviously any dessert. They love dessert. (laughs) Anytime that they can use chocolate chips and steal some, they're into that. Yesterday when we were making the muffins, I had to stop my kid because he loves to take like chase the batter. So he just like stuck his hand in and like went, and oh, I was like, no. Yeah. So I was like, I know you're thinking like these are savory muffins. This isn't gonna taste how you think it's gonna taste. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've had kids in my classes taste so many things that I'm like, oh no. Like I had one kid like take a handful of like baking powder and I was like, ah. oh no. no. <laughs> That's my kid. He's yeah. like, because he wants to try everything. He's interested in it all. Like he'll be like, Mom, can I taste this? And I'm like, it's baking soda. Like you don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Both- you can brush your teeth with it, but or the vanilla, because it tastes when you're baking uh, yes. and the vanilla smells so good, but they don't believe you. Or co- oh yeah. Or cocoa powder when it looks like <laughs> chocolate. And then they're like, oh. My kids um, have both done this at at the same around the same age, like around two, two and a half at being at sushi and seeing the wasabi paste. Oh, no. And like picking up the entire glob of wasabi paste and like putting it in their mouth. And then it was the same both times. I just look over at this child, two different child, exact same response with like terror and like a bright green mouth all the way around. Like, (laughs) And then like taking napkins and like trying to wipe off the paste because it's like it really like can you even can you imagine like that much wasabi and as an adult let alone oh my god and water does nothing I can't imagine I did it once you did you yeah oh man yeah it didn't go it didn't go well oh that's horrifying (laughs) neither of my kids have done that but I can't imagine it's good learning it's good learning right (laughs) it's like natural consequence yes it's good to ask before good before we must ask if we can yeah, something right. before yeah. we eat it, right? But one way, one way I kind of help parents um, that don't want their kids tasting mm-hmm. a lot of the ingredients, or you know, there's a certain amount of cheese that's going into the muffins, <laughs> and you need it for the recipe, or maybe there's a little bit extra. I like to make a little tasting oh, cup, especially with chocolate chip. Yeah. <laughs> I like to make a little, you know, here's your amount to try if you want to try mm-hmm. it. And then this is what we need for the recipe. And you want our cookies to taste good. So we need all of these to go <laughs> in. But here is your own amount that you can taste if you want to. Yeah. So, you know, you could do that with kind of anything. And um, it just, I think, we forget that things like this are going to come up 
when we're cooking with Mm -hmm. kids. So just kind of preparing them in advance saying like, these are the ingredients that are going in. Like if you don't want your child tasting the raw eggs, (laughs) you know, be like, you know, eggs, egg, we don't eat raw eggs. They can make us sick. So once these go in, we can't taste it Mm -hmm. anymore, but I cut up an apple for you if you're hungry and want to taste something, Uh you know, so giving them a backup option is always a good idea. And like we do that when we cook, we're always sampling. I mean, I do anyway. I can't get through like a lunch yeah, prep yeah. or a dinner prep without being no. full by the end because I'm like siphoning off cheese. And- I really do the same thing. Everyone's like, why aren't you sitting down for dinner? Yeah, like, I exactly. I ate my dinner already. <laughs> yes. Megan, you just said lunch prep. Heather, help us. Why oh, is lunch- making kids lunches so hard? Oh we hate lunches so much. <laughs> It is like actually the bane of my existence in life. And up until this year, like school and daycare would do hot lunch like a couple days a week. And that was a lucky you. (laughs) That was a helpful like pressure valve. But now Mm. pandemic era, none of that exists anymore. And I'm we're both just uh, struggling with just help us help help Heather help. (laughs) How do we make lunches better for our that process better for ourselves and also keep it spicy for our kids. Like, yeah, it it is super tricky. I know. I really, honestly, I miss packing lunches and sending my kids off with them because if, if they came back, Oh, well, like they had their opportunity lunch, but when they're home, my kids are home now for lunch every day and they just like, have opinions. I don't want your opinion about your lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want you to eat just it. Yeah. Pretend you're at school. And they're like, oh, actually, Open I see up. when they see stuff in the fridge, they're like, oh, actually, can I have that instead? I'm like, no, I made you this. Like, but if you were at school, you would have no other choice. Anyways, that was just my I needed to let that off my chest because I've been thinking about. Yeah, please. I've, this is a safe space. I've been I've been thinking about doing a post about complaining about having to feed my kids at school. But I mean, not at school. Yeah. Anywho. I think it's, you know, it's all about what I said before, making it fun for us and making it fun for them as much as we possibly can without driving ourselves Mm -hmm. crazy. Um, I love bento boxes, even using them at home. I love, you know, being able to fill those different compartments instead of looking at a blank plate and being like, what am I going to put in here? And it helps me make them a balanced lunch. You know, I can say I want one compartment to be the fruit, one to be maybe a veggie, have a main, you know, sandwich or whatever. And also I want to tell parents like to take the pressure off what a typical lunch looks like. You know, we do a lot of snack lunches, you know, crackers, cheese, a veggie, a fruit, um, you know, things like that are also great. You know, you can, I, I don't do this very much, but a lot of people have success with helping with having the kids plan it a little bit ahead of time saying like, um, you know, getting their opinion, which I told you earlier that I didn't <laughs> want, but um <laughs> that's a slippery slope (laughs) once once I know it is a really slippery slope but giving them two I'd say always two choices are better than a million Mm -hmm. choices you know like if you have say cheese and you know two sandwich choices it's always good Mm -hmm. I also saw we used we had very good success using an app called um I have a friend on Instagram Jillian she has an app called la la lunchbox Oh, I'm going to look um, that up immediately. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's my kids love, I need to get back into using it because my kids love, there's a selection of fruit. There's a selection of list of different, and you can choose what goes in the list. So if you only mm-hmm. have apples and grapes and strawberries, you can um, check off those and then you can check off which vegetables you have. And then the main course is whatever you have. And the kids can like pull it with the app and fill their boxes. And then it's kind of a lunch, lunch box planning app that kids can use on their own. So that's an awesome option for if you want to get kids involved in their lunch planning. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Other than that, I'd say I love the um, Lunchbox community on Instagram. Um, You know, if you're the type of mom that gets stuck in the comparison trap, it's probably not the best thing. You don't want it to make you (laughs) feel bad about 
feel bad about what you're serving your kids, but there's also lots of great ideas and things you might not have thought about before when looking at what other moms are kind of feeding their kids. And then also bottom line, just take the pressure off yourself, you know, like as much as you can, like do the best you can. Honestly, some, some days I'm just like, I can't. And I just like, let them eat a Mm -hmm. granola bar and like an apple, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so I really needed to hear that today, Heather, (laughs) that even you throw some convenience (laughs) snacks in the mix. Oh yeah, totally. Especially this year. I mean, feeding them 24 seven and not getting a break. (laughs) Sometimes we have to put our own sanity first and, um, yeah. I've been buying a lot. I've been trying to share as much as possible with my community that I've been buying a lot more convenience foods. And Uh I don't think my kids had frozen chicken nuggets very much before this year, but you know, we brought those on board (laughs) and we're all happier for it. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, I had a quick question just when you're talking about like getting them involved in lunch prep, Mm -hmm. when do you think kids should be making their own lunches? Cause that's something we've been talking about in our family, even with our nine-year-old. And we're like, I would love for him, but is he ready? Like, how do you gauge that? And can the answer be four years old? Yeah. And can they be a toddler? <laughs> it depends how much control you're willing to give up. But yeah. um, I, I'm i personally not ready to give up that control. But uh, maybe yeah. I should practice that a little bit. You know, we all need to practice yeah. giving up control a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I think nine years old is a great, I think eight, seven, eight, nine is a great um, time to start practicing those skills of mm-hmm. talking about what uh, what components uh, are of you know in a lunch that you'd want to see or and he's happy to have. Um, so mm-hmm. having that compromise between um, what he wants and what kind of you see as a balanced lunch looks like. Um, yeah. But I think it's definitely a great time to hand over the reins little by little, you know, you have to kind of work your way up to that. I feel like I keep thinking about like laundry, how much I wish my kids would do their own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're working our way toward that too. Yeah. You have to put in that, you have to put in that legwork, you know, but eventually it's worth it. So I have to remind myself of that all the time. Yeah. This is a total tangent, but my friend told me who has high school age children or teens, I guess, that her daughter um, and their little group of friends, they do the most adorable thing I've ever heard. They almost do potluck every day. So each person preps like a certain thing. Like, so her daughter maybe will prep some fruit and then like another friend will bring veggies and then someone else brings and they do potluck that's so cute Uh I know I was like that's amazing I'm like we definitely were not doing that we were going to McDonald's oh Oh, yeah yeah I remember being for sure I remember being like can I have that macaroni salad (laughs) your mom (laughs) hacked you from the grocery store yeah yeah We're back with another Momentum shout-out segment. Megan has somebody pretty special who she wants to give a shout-out to for some sweet parenting moves. I actually want to shout-out my partner right now for some things that I've been noticing. My partner is not um, necessarily that interested in crafting and, like, you know, sitting down and getting into the nitty-gritty of some kind of craft kit or project this has been happening more and more where I'm noticing them take the time to really sit and play and do like tedious crafty type of activities that the, that my youngest loves. Uh, and today my partner spent a better part of an hour constructing Play-Doh miniature fruits because that was what was requested of them. And first of all, let me say the artisanship and these Play-Doh fruits were beyond anything that I could do. <laughs> But also just like the amount of joy and interaction and connection that comes from that exercise that seems tedious and like, you know, not maybe even outside of the comfort zone. So I just want to shout that out. I think that it's really cool. And it's one of those things that maybe with this experience of pandemic, some other parents are noticing, you know, pushing out of comfort zone and having the opportunity to connect in new ways that maybe weren't the ways that we connected before. Awesome. Great shout out. Well, 
speaking of doing a potluck, I guess one of the things that might be a bit risky is mm-hmm. allergies. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we've had some people from the Gaining Momentum community ask about allergies, particularly what are your favorite nut-free recipes? And for dairy-free recipes, are there any that are easy to do as, like, prepare ahead? Yeah, well, all of my recipes, I'm really um, cognizant of making sure there are substitutes for mm-hmm. every kind of lifestyle and allergy out there. Um, it's really important to me that everyone kind of has access to those. And I just had a mom write a comment on a blog post and she said, oh, she just, it just made me feel so seen because I, um, she wrote, thank you so much for including all these substitutions. My son has egg allergy, nut allergy. Like she listed like 12 allergies and I just couldn't imagine like Mm -hmm. having to worry about that as a mom. Like, I just feel so grateful Mm -hmm. that my kids didn't have Mm -hmm. to, I didn't have to worry about that. So anything I can do to make those mom's life easier is I I just always say like if you need a substitute reach out and I'll try my best to help you navigate that Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, these days there's so many alternatives to dairy products that I mean Mm -hmm. some of them are highly processed so people don't love using them all the time but you know there are lots out there and I think it's great Mm -hmm. as far as nut allergies I love using um, all the seeds, you know, um, hemp seeds and chia seeds, those are all super nutritious and great things to add into muffins or even yeah. sam- like even a peanut butter and jelly or not peanut butter, but like a sun butter <laughs> um, <laughs> sandwich or like even if your kid isn't into, I know a lot of kids aren't into the sunflower seed butter, but if you just yeah. do a jelly sandwich with some yeah. hemp seeds sprinkled in there, they kind of blend in and it kind of gets that mm-hmm. really nice nutritional boost um, that you would get from the nuts and now from the that's seeds idea. and add those into muffins. So that's kind of my top um, addition for nut-free living is all the mm-hmm. seeds. Yeah, that's good. And for dairy-free, there's so many awesome vegan recipes out there these days. I was really inspired. My mom became a vegan Mm. when people didn't even know what that word meant Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I was in middle school. And I was really inspired to bake for her because I wanted her to be able to enjoy things that I was making. So I kind of went off, um, did a lot of research even in high school to find muffin recipes and all that, um, that she could enjoy too. I can't believe how much that market has grown since then. And you just can Google anything these days, you know, if you want to find a vegan alternative to any recipe. And I'm always really um, happy if anyone messages me on any platform or emails me like be like I really want I love these muffins they look really good but I need an egg-free alternative and I'm happy to help people find the right recipe for them awesome and I'm gonna say one of my favorite um recipes in your dinner of that in the dinner section of your cookbook yeah is the rainbow noodles with roasted Ooh. tofu that oh, one's good. worked out really well for us and yeah I'm it, like a yeah it's like I think that's vegan Yes, it is. I'm a huge tofu pusher. I love talking about tofu. <laughs> tofu pusher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, check out this new way I made tofu. Um, but yeah, it's really, I just, I just love, um, I call them accidental vegan meals because mm-hmm. you don't know, you don't think about them as being like mm-hmm. plant-based is such a buzzword these yeah. days. But you don't, I sometimes, we make um, these taco bowls out of crumbled tofu or beans and, you know, uh, rice and all the different taco toppings. And I'm always like, oh, this is vegan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't realize it, you know. I'm getting extremely hungry through this entire conversation. (laughs) That's all I'm thinking about. It's like, you know, I should have, I should have came with a warning. We'll put a warning on this podcast. (laughs) If you haven't eaten. We still have muffins left from yesterday. So I'm like, already in my head I'm like okay where are they how quickly can I get that on the plate can I eat them well on mic no you cannot we are not an ASMR (laughs) podcast no no eating podcasting 
Um, can we quickly just hop back to the cookbook for a second? I'm wondering, just I'm thinking about your family. I'm thinking about your process. Do you get your kids involved when you're um, coming up with stuff either for the cookbook or for your Instagram or for your website? Are they like your little test kitchen? Or- yeah. So they're pretty over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be completely honest, yeah. like, no, please do. I, I have to give them breaks when it comes to being involved in my work. Yeah. I often will be like, do you think other kids will like this? So sometimes they'll taste it to help mm-hmm. out other kids, you know, just to be like, I think maybe <laughs> other kids will like this. But um, so that's the way they help me a lot of the times. I love having their like hands and stuff in photography because I feel like it just brings the picture alive, but and in videos. But a lot of times I have to give them breaks for that too, or I have to find some way to compensate <laughs> them to be my little like behind the scenes workers yeah. without bribing <laughs> them, you know, because that gets into a slippery slope. <laughs> But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of on and off in the involvement. Um, I like to ask them kind of, I take inspiration from what they love to eat. Like my older son is a big meat lover, which is pretty funny because the only time I've ever eaten steak was when I was pregnant with him. So it's kind of it's wow. kind of hilarious, <laughs> but yeah. he loves meat. And I, I like I mentioned, I, I love finding plant-based alternatives to meals that we like. Mm-hmm. So I like to talk about how I balance out our like meat consumption because I don't want him to feel deprived. Yeah. But I also want to get in a lot of vegetables. And so I take a lot of inspiration from what they like to eat and how to incorporate that into the lifestyle that I want for my family. Nice. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. My four-year-old's a little carnivore too. And we've been trying to do like a lot more plant-based and we're sort of freegan, like like you are talking about, like just, um, you know, trying to incorporate vegan meals into the week and- but not depriving of all other kinds of protein necessarily yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, we're, we're always t- kind of trying to find, it's like, I never know if it's the right thing to like hide it and be like, yeah, that's meat. Like, let's say you use like a satan or something. <laughs> yeah. um, or if it's just better to be, I don't know. Like, I just want him to eat it. And sometimes he doesn't even know he's not having that yeah, it's tricky. protein. Like it's not meat protein. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we usually tell him it is. That's maybe not the right move. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Like, does he ask? Like, is he like, mom, is this meat? Yeah, well, he'll, yeah, we, he calls everything chicken, like all okay. meat. So <laughs> we just say it's chicken. <laughs> but maybe we shouldn't be doing that. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Hey, like, do you hide it or do you? Yeah, it's, it's tricky because it can mm-hmm. backfire, you know, like if he somehow finds out that it's not meat <laughs> and then, He'll, he'll be questioning you from then on, you know, so um, we've ruined our trust. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I, I, I admit, I don't, I don't necessarily lie, but I don't like, I'm not completely mm-hmm. forthright. Like my older yeah. son does not like mushrooms. And sometimes I finally chop mushrooms and put them in things. And then he'll be yep. like, does this have mushrooms in it after he eats it? I'll be like, yep. No. Nope. <laughs> oh, you, I'm like, nope doesn't (laughs) (laughs) I do no I do I do sell I do tell him if he asks right I just don't sometimes I don't (laughs) tell him ahead of time but if he asks I tell him um so yeah but I'm I'm laughing at my gut reaction to be like nope you'd lie you lie all the way through (laughs) when in doubt just lie (laughs) nope no mushrooms (laughs) but yeah I um everyone has to navigate that and what works for them but um most of the time I do like to encourage people to kind of, you can come at it from a point where you can be like, this, this is not meat, but it tastes like meat and you probably will like yeah. it because it tastes like meat, you know, that I, um, I That's take that approach. approach a lot of the times. Um, I'm picturing, do you remember those commercials from the nineties? I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe it's not meat. <laughs> exactly. I think we also just wanted to ask a question about incorporating different flavors and different cultures. Um, You said you grew up, like you Mm -hmm. had a good cultural experience trying a bunch of different foods and stuff. 
but how do we do that today? Exploring mm-hmm. different flavors, exploring different cultures through food. Yeah, that's an awesome question. I love this topic. A lot of adults are still afraid of um, trying foods from different cultures, and that's totally fine. I mm-hmm. understand that fear if you weren't raised to try new foods or if you have some adults have more sensitive palates and they're um, are not accustomed to different flavors. But the best place to start is actually with children's mm-hmm. storybooks, I think. Um, I have a whole blog post on, um, I think there's over 20 books on there of um, food from various cultures. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them actually have recipes in the back of the book. But I, I, I don't think those are like necessarily a good place to start. But actually just reading about different cultures and different foods with your child mm-hmm. is such a great uh, bridge to learning to like new and taste new foods. I think that... Mm-hmm as you mentioned early on in the podcast, um, that food is something we all eat and we all experience every single day. And a child as young as, you know, two uh, and younger can understand, like, I eat bread in this culture, they might eat rice for breakfast, you know, so just getting them to, to acknowledge Mm -hmm. those differences and celebrate those differences takes a huge step forward in getting them to appreciate food, all different kinds of foods. I love that. So yeah, the best place to start is children's books. I I have a blog post. um, I think it's called culture and cooking books about uh, diversity and food. So um I love those. Okay. <laughs> I'm making so many notes. I'm like, God. I would say uh, there's so a tip on our end. My older son has gets these Kiwi crates. Plug for Kiwi Crate if you want to sponsor the pod. Uh-huh. We get yeah. those too. Oh, we get yeah, Koala yeah. Crate. <laughs> we get those uh, too. Um, koala Crate for the younger yeah. kids. And the Kiwi Crates, because he does like the geography mm-hmm. kit. Every month they come and based on the place that they're exploring in that kit they have recipes um so that's been a i mean he's like a pretty adventurous food kid already but i was i'm always thinking oh what a great way to start to get kids to think about that diversity in food and then they kind of explain within that landscape what like what this is and when people in this culture eat it and how and then they teach you how to make it yeah so there's all kinds of resources there is there's the ones that you're sharing so many and I like to come at it from an approach like you said your son comes at it from the geography but kind of dial Mm -hmm. into what your child really connects with like do they love art talk about um, the art mm-hmm. of that culture and then bring in the food through that. Like maybe you can design a placemat that um, is inspired oh, by the culture. Oh, I like and, that. And, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many different ways you can come at it depending on what your child is into. And, um, yeah, I always encourage, especially even in the kitchen, like a lot of parents say, oh, my, my, my child has no interest in cooking. But you say that this would be so helpful for his picky eating. And I say, well, what does your child like? And, you know, the answers mm-hmm. will be all over the board. Say, oh, my three-year-old loves fire trucks. And I say, okay, well, bring his favorite tr- fire truck in the kitchen. Let him play with it for a little while and just talk to him about what you're doing. And then maybe Mm. later on, you'll say another day, you'll say, oh, maybe the fire truck wants to help me put salt into this bowl. Can you do that with me? You know, so just kind of Mm -hmm. start slowly and really play to their own interests is um, what I tell parents. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we're talking to you, Heather. Oh, (laughs) I know. I feel like. Everything just got so yeah. much easier. <laughs> it's like, I can make lunches. <laughs> I know, I can do it. And then, I'm going to get on all those oh, apps. No. Before we get into our final question, I just want to plug your cookbook again. Everybody oh. check out mm-hmm. Little Helper's Toddler Cookbook. Thank and you. then Heather's website is happykidskitchen.com. Mm-hmm. And she's on mm-hmm. Instagram. Let's see if I can remember this. At heather.happykidskitchen. Heather.happykidskitchen, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll make sure we link those in the show notes so that everyone knows where to go. And then final question, Meg, do you want to ask? Sure. We obviously want to hear from you if you are ready to share about any new projects that you might have coming our way in 2021. And what would you like to promo in this space? (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks. So thank you so much for talking about my book. It's such a great way for me to connect with people all over. And I would love to do another book in the future. I have like so many ideas. But for right now, I'm really focusing on my online community and serving them with what I feel like they really need. And right now, I feel like we all need dinners. Um, mm-hmm. And we are just I, I'm calling them lazy dinners because they are slow cooker, instant pot, one sheet pan, one pan, one pot kind of dinners where you're just like done, you know, yes. for yes. the day. And we are just all so exhausted. So I'm working with one of my favorite pediatric dietitians to come out with this ebook. Um, hopefully it will cool. be out in a couple weeks or so. I've done all the recipe testing. I'm just typing up a lot of the information right now. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I'd love to help busy parents get, um, you know, a healthy but easy dinner on the table. So that's kind of what that's I'm amazing. working on right now. And I'm also helping, I'm also really working on getting more online classes out there. Um, I, I started doing a little bit of them last spring, and I think it wasn't quite the right timing for a lot of parents. And I have to kind of figure out the best way to do it without being on the screens more than we already are. But I think um, there is, I would, I just miss being in the classroom so much. So I really hope to um, connect with more kids over, over Zoom possibly and um, get back teaching more. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And just I'm always wanting to help anyone I can with my recipes. So um, my Instagram community is so important to me and just sharing as much as I can about the ups and downs of life. Um, (laughs) So I'd love to meet anybody there and reach out anytime. Amazing. Awesome. Thanks so much for chatting with us. We have absolutely loved talking to you today. Oh, it's been awesome. Thank you guys so much. And now let's take a minute to pause for momentum. A dash of childlike wonder. One, preheat expectations to realistic degrees. Two, combine one heaping cup of patience with three quarters cup of excitement. Three, stir in one tablespoon of love. Four, add a dash of childlike wonder. Five, mix in a half teaspoon of anticipation. Six, pour in pan greased with glee. Seven, bake until golden memories are made. We acknowledge that Gaining Momentum is recorded, produced, and edited on the unceded territory of the Selic Okanagan people and the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Gaining Momentum. Gaining Momentum. Hosted by Megan and Abby. With artwork by Catherine Katjak. Music by Evan Dysart. Please check our show notes with each episode for more information on Catherine and Evan, plus how you can stay in touch with us through email, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.